Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 35 of the Matt Met Skill Trans podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rochford, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mezuzuha and Johnny Nugent. Matt and Johnny, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing great, man. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, I'm so hyped, dude. All right. I, I am super excited as well. Uh, and before we get into our tonight's episode and our guest, I did want to go over a few things that are related to the podcast. Uh, now, as always, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify. We are on YouTube and also Amazon Music. Now, I did want to mention, as I do with the previous episodes, our Discord server. We have over 80 members now, and we're growing every day. We have new people coming in. Uh, this is a public Discord, so anybody can join it. But you do have to acknowledge and read the rules. Uh, since this is a community server, it's a little different from a private server on Discord. Uh, we have a great group of moderators who always make sure that folks are treated with respect and keeps our community safe. Now, I will, as always, place a link to the Discord in our show notes. And all you have to do is click on it, and you'll be added into the server, and you can introduce yourself and start chatting away with everybody. Another item is our merchandise. So, again, if you want a Matt, Matt coffee mug or a T-shirt or something with our logo on it, you can head over to the website that I will have in the show notes. And if you use our merch code M-A-M-P-O-D, you will get 10% off. Now, let's talk about tonight's episode. Tonight, we'll be interviewing and also chatting about the model railroading industry as a whole with Ken Bianco Jr. from the famous Train World model train store in New York. Now, they can also be found by visiting trainworld.com, where they have uh, just revamped their online store, actually. And you can check them out uh, on YouTube as well at Train World TV, where they have over a thousand videos available to watch. And they recently just had a live stream with Lionel uh, where they reviewed the 2020 Big Book catalog. Now, I, I wanted to quickly point out a quote from you, Ken. And this was pulled directly from your website. Uh, and the quote is, even though trains are typically known as an older generational hobby, there are many young train enthusiasts out there that we are trying to attract by using different social media platforms. And I think this really says a lot about train world and connecting to the young and up-and-coming hobbyists in the model railroading industry. So uh, with that said, uh, Ken, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's actually really exciting and humbling at the same time to uh, be, be guest here. So I really appreciate you guys having me. Fantastic. Now, the way we kind of want to work this tonight is we usually do like an interview uh, but uh, because obviously you also have a, you know, hobby shop, we want to make sure that uh, that is also part of the conversation as well. So we would like to just kind of do a little bit of, you know, interview questions, and then we'll go ahead and um, and uh, maybe just talk about the industry, talk about your hobby shop, uh, you know, your website, stuff like that. Sounds great. Awesome. Matt, Johnny, you guys ready to go? Do you guys have anything before we get started? We're ready to go. I'm hyped. Let's do it. Excellent. Okay. All right. So, Ken, and again, people might already know these answers and these things could be I, I know a lot of these answers might be available on your website as well. But for people on who are listeners of our podcast may not know this information. Uh, so I apologize if some of the questions are a bit redundant. Uh, my first question is when and, and who got you started in model railroading? 
So the store itself, Train World, was actually uh, started and founded by my grandfather, uh, Peter Bianco. And um, he was the founder of the company and uh, basically started it by getting a train set for my uh, aunts and uh, uncles and father as well. And they, they loved the train set, but my grandfather found out it was worth a couple of dollars more. So instead of letting the kids keep the train set, he sold it and told the kids, well, I'll get you another one. And the same thing happening. So he basically said, wow, I, I could make a couple extra bucks through this. So he started selling out of his house and, um, you know, started from there and it just kept on snowballing. And uh, the way I got into trains is from going to train shows with my father and grandfather and basically working at a very young age and getting a hold of the business, uh, you know, putting stock away, uh, going to the York train show back then. Uh, I, I know you guys did an episode on the York train show and you, you love the York train show. And I was kind of going for a, a very long time. I, I had a, I guess, cut school, not cut school, but for a good reason. But it, it was at a young <laughs> age and it was a, a great learning experience for me. So that's kind of like my first intro to trains other than Thomas the Tank uh, growing up. Awesome. It was our first time, Johnny and I, and we had an absolute blast at York. Uh, what what a great experience that was. So, and we met a, just met a lot of people and, and uh, everyone was like really, just really nice and and uh, really just easy to talk to. And as we went down the aisle, I know they, they saw Johnny from his YouTube channel and I ran into some people who knew the podcast and it was, it was, uh, it was a bit humbling, to be honest with you at first, but it, it just really made the experience just so much better. It makes it even more surreal because Matt and I came from the perspective of we didn't know anyone outside of ourselves and the hobby in our area. And then obviously as we got got to know each other we, we made some friends so you know you have your own little group but when you go to york and you meet all these people it is several not like it's not like one or two rooms it's several halls worth of people it's just several halls worth of trains worth of people and you can say anything about you know three rail o scale or trains or what have you and the people around you will understand that and i think that's something that kind of kind of gets glanced over it's just such a big gathering of model railroaders and train enthusiasts it's it's a surreal experience yeah it, it's also the people there are great in york and it's about the relationships i mean trains are in my blood as i said but you know going to york and those experiences was just uh really memorable and just meeting the train people and many relationships that i that i have today and many of these people, because I was so young, kind of, um, you know, guided me in the industry. And I, I really appreciate that. And some of them are competitors and they're they're close friends of mine. So uh, it, it's, it's really nice. And some of them are uh, other top, you know, uh, Lionel or O-Scale dealers. And we all kind of went to the same restaurants after York or, uh, you know, hung out at the same places. So it, it was a really great experience, and it's kind of the same thing you guys are doing together uh, with all these different fans and followers and uh, patrons. All right, now my next question, uh, it's a little bit open, and uh, it, I might already know the answer to this. Uh, it could also be like a trap question, too. I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, 
What is your favorite railroad and why? Well, I, I, I guess I should be saying New York Central or Long Island since we're in New York. <laughs> or or uh, maybe the uh, Jersey Central. But um, I, I will say Union Pacific because it always sells the best. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, all right. So um, what advice would you give someone starting out in a model railroading hobby? Uh, the best advice is basically if, if they're local, you could visit your local hobby shop and look at the different sizes, scales. Uh, if not, there's so much information out there that's available, which, you know, today's generation is so lucky to have uh, a podcast like this channel or YouTube or uh, Instagram or uh, all these different forums. So there's so much resources available to kind of get you started or teach you about the hobby because model trains can be basic as a starter set around the tree. Or it could get very intense where you build a gigantic layout and you have all different mountains, sceneries, uh, track plans, switches. So it's really where you want to take it. And there's local clubs out there, different um, manufacturers that offer resources. So there's so much information that you could find available now that we're all really lucky to have. And I'm sure by listening to this podcast, you know, is a great way to get started to learn about trains. Thank you. We, we appreciate that plug because we did, we did have a few episodes where we did go over like, you know, getting into trains or getting into command control. So uh, we appreciate that. My last question, then I'll pass it over to the, uh, the other gentleman. Do you have a favorite model railroading memory? Uh, the memories of going to York with my grandfather are truly my greatest memories. It's kind of where I learned the hobby and uh, learned the business side of things. And my, my grandfather is no longer with us, but uh, I was very close with him. And he's truly an uh, inspiration to me and someone who I really looked up to and part of the reason why I'm in this business. So I, I think those times that I shared with him are truly my greatest memories about this hobby uh, he, you know, my grandfather worked very hard to, uh, create a living and provide a living for all our families. So it, it was important for me to spend as much time as I could with him and spending time with him meant working, you know, with trains and, uh, going to York train shows was, uh, one of the greatest times and memories that I had with him because I, I didn't have much other time where, you know, a lot of people would have time off. My, my grandfather worked seven days a week, you know, all the time. So, uh, those were really important to me. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty amazing how model railroading transcends generations. For me, I can't really, it's hard for me to even think of anything else besides like sports, right? Because, you know, we're all connected to sports and, you know, with our fathers and our parents and our brothers and sisters. But like, when you think about a hobby, like I can't think of any other hobby out there that just like transcends generations like that. Like something that it's just like fathers and grandfathers and sons and and daughters. And it's just, it's, you know, my, my grandmother was a huge person in my life that just loved 
buying model trains for me. You know, she loved, you know, I have a really love for trolleys because she loved trolleys. And that's something that I, 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 you know, I always, when I see a trolley, I'm like, I got to have that, you know, that reminds me of my grandmother. So, you know, there's a lot of like memories too, visual memories, new stuff comes out. You know, there's always that, Oh, huh, you know what? That's my grandfather had an engine when, you know, when he was young and this is like, you know, the new legacy version of it or something like that. So it just, it's, it's really amazing just how far this hobby stretches out. So I, I enjoy it. That's obviously why I'm in the hobby. Yeah. And 95% of the people that come in and get started into trains, like you said, they have an experience with their grandfather or their grandfather had trains or their father had trains and they want to get back into the hobby or, you know, they have some great memory with their family member just cherishing trains. So it, it's, it's a real sentimental and uh, a great uh, wholesome hobby. And there's a lot of great memories. And Matt, it seems like you had one with the grandmother. So it, it's great to hear stories like that. I, I did indeed. Yeah. I think that's it for me for interview questions. I'll go ahead and uh, pass it over to Mr. Matt Z and uh, see what he's got for you. So, Ken, where do you see the railroad hobby, the old-scale model railroad hobby, at least, in the next 10 years? Old-scale is still a very big segment. It's always been a, a huge seller and uh, one of our biggest lines, uh, O-scale, Lionel. Um, I guess <laughs> with the news about MTH and Mike Wolf retiring, uh, selling off some tooling, that kind of changes up the O-scale industry a little bit. I think Atlas is going to definitely be growing in O-scale. They bought a lot of tooling. Um, they're doing a, a lot of great things, and they have a, a great structure, great team, because they've done it in an HO and N scale, so it's the, not their first rodeo. So I really think Atlas O-scale is going to be growing and catapulting uh, for the industry. MTH seems to be uh, making some special runs or uh, smaller scale runs with uh, some of the existing tooling they have. So I think you'll see a lot more smaller in and out uh, uh, runs and productions, but there's not going to be a lot of stock left over for MTH. So I, I think pre-ordering is going to be even more important for both MTH and Atlas, uh, even more so than uh, previous years. Uh, Lionel is going to be a juggernaut, uh, as they usually are. Um, you know, just with their new catalog, and you guys had Ryan on your previous show, which was excellent, and you guys uh, really uh, nailed it on the, the date timing, so that was awesome. Uh, but the, the, the base three is going to be groundbreaking for the whole industry. The amount of pre-orders and people just having interest in it and wanting to expand or, you know, get into this new technology is tremendous. So I really think they're going to keep on growing with that. And, you know, it, it's a lot of great stuff. So uh, you have a lot of different options uh, as O-scalers. And uh, there's also maybe a, a great lower point with RMT you have coming up. Um, so I, I think they're going to be announcing a lot more freight cars and rolling stock at, you know, great affordable prices. And Williams uh, is always great runners at great, great price points. So 
I think they'll continue to uh, keep on uh, continuing to pr- produce O-scale product. That's that's a fantastic answer. You know, you said some things in there that I really think are are huge. The first one is uh, with you know with MTH and Atlas and their kind of deal they got going. You know, it's it's sad to hear about MTH, absolutely, and it's it's nice to know that they're still continuing in some form or fashion, and it's nice to know that Atlas is you know still coming along and really making some great stuff. Uh, same with Lionel and the base three. I think that that's huge. I'm really heavily looking into getting that because I really like that. I like to stay current with the new technology, but the uh, off brands is, as I'm going to use the term uh, RMT and Williams. Those are brands you don't really hear about much. This seems like the big heavy hitters, the MTH, the Lionel, the Atlas, you hear about those, but you don't hear a lot about some of these, I guess, smaller is the word I'm going to use. Uh, companies out there so i really appreciate you bringing them up yeah no problem so i think something i would like to know is just in your day-to-day operations like i mean you guys are you guys are so busy you got your brick and mortar stores right and then your online store uh it just i'm just curious how you guys just keep everything moving so quickly obviously you're keeping up with technology and stuff like that is how has technology made your web store and even your just your brick and mortar store how has it helped you guys just with selling trains to customers yeah so uh, a couple of parts to that and um you know having a big family is definitely helpful (laughs) in doing that but we also have some great employees long-term uh employees who've been with us for uh, you know, well over 20, 30, uh, 40 years, some, some of them. So uh, that really helps the continuity of, of our uh, business. But my, my uncle, uh, Tony, he, he kind of gets all the shipments out and makes sure everything uh, is uh, quick delivery. He's, he's known for his lightning quick delivery. He, he, he hates if an order is placed and is not out the same day so we do our absolute best to get it out the same day um so so he's an absolute workhorse he comes in uh six o'clock in the morning every day ritual it's it's unbelievable this man cannot be outworked it's uh just incredible and i uh i I look up to him because of that he's just uh, a, a great worker um my cousin anthony uh, is kind of the director of operations now, and he's making sure the flow of, uh, you know, how the orders get processed uh, and all logistically, the warehouse online, uh, getting everything safely, securely, quickly, uh, all of that kind of is on his shoulders, and he's doing a fantastic job kind of uh, managing everyone in the office and warehouse and in our Brooklyn facility. So, um, he's my right hand and I couldn't do anything without him. So he's uh, a huge asset to the company. Um, and uh, my, my uncle, father and aunt, have, uh, you know, just praise him. So he, he's great. And he's been including the technology. So that's where my cousin and I have kind of come into the business. And, uh, you know, each generation is res- responsible to a certain aspect to the business. So my grandfather started off with retail selling. Uh, and then my aunts and uncles kind of brought in the mail order where it was phone calls and shipping. 
you know, which was the start of, you know, the, I guess the eighties, um, sort of say, and then it became online where my cousin and I kind of have evolved and taking it to a, a whole nother, uh, platform and system. And we, we just keep on growing and expanding with that. And I think we, we have launched a new website and although there are always hiccups and, uh, certain challenges when you roll out a whole new back-end, front-end, uh, warehouse, logistical system all at one time. But we're getting to a much smoother place, and we really believe this platform will allow us to bring us to the next level of just uh, having a, a fast, efficient, smooth, uh, you know, all-in-one stop-and-shop train store. So we've invested a lot of money into this, and we really believe it's going to take us to the, the, the next level. So we're really excited for the future, and we're looking forward to some great things. But, um, you know, it, it's a team effort, and we, we have some great employees, great family members that really work hard. And, um, you know, during Christmas time, it's all hands on deck, and you know, we, we, we do our best and sometimes, you know, we, we may have a hiccup along the way, but we, we always listen and we, we try to get it right the next time. In the next generation for you guys, are we going to have like train world drones dropping off trains to people? <laughs> you, you never know. <laughs> hey, there's my train roll drone. It's dropping off my new uh, my new steam engine. <laughs> yeah, you, you never know. Um, you know, just the other day, uh, you know, I, I was hearing a story about how uh, um, a certain company is doing pickup lockers. And quite honestly, I, I think it may come to that with, uh, you know, quick pickups. You know, people even though they like to pick up their trains in store and test it, I think uh, a self locker could be the future where, you know, people are just, we have these customers that come in all the time and they're, you know, uh, you know, they're the customers that keep us afloat and in business and they're, they're in here every week. And so having their own locker may be an idea. You never know. <laughs> it's definitely something uh, to uh, put on the map. Uh, for the future, maybe. <laughs> you, know, you never know. <laughs> that's that's really cool. So uh, you were talking, it brought up a question in my mind. And how do you guys go about, like, let's, let's say a model arrives damaged or something's wrong with it. How do you go about uh, fixing said model and make it right for the customer or anybody who's involved? So one of the great things about Train World is we... We have like close or not, if not over 50,000 square footage of trains. So we stock a lot of trains. We buy in bulk. We don't just buy one train. So more often than not, we're just very simply able to exchange the item. So we're not really repairing the item for the customer. We're, you know, exchanging for a brand new train. So that's kind of one of the advantages for a company like us because, we, we have quantity of an item, uh, you know, for some stores that are only buying one and selling that one, it, it would probably be problematic, but because we're buying in bulk and buying large quantities, it's just a quick and easy process. 
you know, and I'll um, just I'll just cut in really here, too, that I have actually several examples of that with you guys, which is one of the reasons why I like just purchasing trains from you guys, because I've received uh, a few items before that, you know, some engines that, you know, were brand new out of the box. Uh, I remember I had a, a BNSF uh, ES44 that um, unfortunately just wouldn't take an ID for some reason. Emailed you guys. And uh, you're like, yeah, no problem. I think we have another one of those. Uh, go ahead and, you know, ship that one back. And uh, we'll ship you out a replacement. And I just thought that was fantastic. Like, you know, in the last several years, I've gotten to a couple of situations where I would purchase something from an online store and I'd open it up and put it on the track and it doesn't work. And I'd contact the hobby shop where I bought it. And they said, well, sorry, we can't help you. Call Lionel, call MTH, right? And, uh, you know, this is nothing. There's not a dig at that hobby shop or anything at. That's just unfortunately with smaller shops that can sometimes happen and they don't have the, the necessary staff to manage stuff like that but uh you know i just think that's a just really just really cool that you guys have that available to you know for your customers because look you know you hope everything you buy is going to work out of the box but the reality of the situation is that's just not going to happen all the time having you guys there as a backup plan for you know you know because we're all excited when we get new stuff we want it to work right but having you guys as a backup plan is just um it's just really awesome and it's it's obviously a reason why I, you know, I, I do a lot of my purchasing from you guys. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, it, listen, with any store stuff happens, but we try to get it right the next time. And with our new website, it's actually a lot easier, which we're excited about um, because our customers that do, you know, sign up and have an account or order from us, you know, they could now see the process of their returns they could see the status. Is it, was it accepted? Um, is the shipping label being sent out to them? So it's kind of this streamlined process now. So we're really excited that it, it has rolled out in the past couple of months where it's, it's really easy for the consumer. If there's something wrong with it, they could just log on to our website and they don't even have to speak to someone. They just you know enter the information of what's wrong with it. And, you know, it's all real simplicity. And, you know, the the big part with us of what our whole business is trying to do is just become more streamlined. And everybody's used to ordering online with websites. So it's really important for us for it to be simple and easy for our users. Yeah, I remember I, I believe like before, and I haven't had to return anything, obviously, with your new system, but... I remember before it was it was two separate systems. I remember having to log yeah. into a separate RMA sequence, but um, having that being merged into one uh, onto one portal system uh, is fantastic. And you know, making things easy for people is just definitely the way to go. Yeah, thanks. All right, uh, another thing I'm thinking of, and that this this would be a to me disservice is you guys are in New York, so if I don't bring this up. I would never hear the end of it. Uh, <laughs> Johnny, you, you, you know, you know where this is going. Come on now. I, I got to bring out the word. Oh goodness. I got to bring it out. I got to bring out the word. Please. No, uh, I beg of so, you. So Ken, um, you guys are in New York and obviously the big thing in New York is subways. He said, in, in your mind, like MTH and Lionel, they've all came out with the, the subways. Do you see like a huge uptick in sales in subways because you're in the hustle bustle, I guess, of the area? Well, we've always done very well with subways. Um, anytime a manufacturer needed to 
uh, move subways. We, we were the first call and we still are. Um, I actually did reach out to MTH for a custom uh, subway. And uh, I'm not sure if I uh, would can share it yet because it's not 100%. But uh, we are working on something in the works, hopefully, if they'll get back to me on it. Uh, and um, I think there's a lot of room for subways, more subways. Um, there's, I, I don't know, I, I was talking with Mike Wolf and Rich Foster about a certain idea I had, and hopefully it could um, spark some interest in redoing some more molds and toolings, which I think this feature that could be available if they could get the, I guess, electronics to work would be a, a great thing. So uh, we are working on more subways in the industry and hopefully, uh, you know, there will be something really cool uh, shortly, but um, it, it's, it's tough because New York is kind of the Mecca and of subways, but outside of New York, there's not as big of a, a interest in subways. So, for us, subways is great. We love when manufacturers make subways, but uh, for the other dealers uh, or how well it sells overall, I'm, I'm not sure of. <laughs> now, I will have to cut in here and say, you know, don't forget about Chicago. So <laughs> we're here. We're here, Ken. All right. <laughs> I, 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 I absolutely love subways. And, and, and just for people that don't know, like this whole podcast started because Two guys love subways, and that's honestly like I'm, you know, I'm Chicago Matt. I love, I, I love subways. I have, I have a lot of them. Uh, Matt loves subways. He's got a lot of New York subways, and he loves his. And mm-hmm. it's really how we kind of met each other on YouTube, and it's kind of the reason why we started the podcast. I mean, not for subways, but obviously it was one of the the catalysts for us, you know, meeting and and, and actually, you know, creating, uh, you know, this podcast. But um, it's re- I'm really glad to hear you say that about subways uh, because uh, yeah, it's been, you know, from our other sources and stuff like that. Like we haven't heard too much. There's, I, I know there's some Chicago hobby shops that have been trying to do custom CTA trains and it's been very hush hush and there hasn't been much said about it. I'm only, and this is just guessing on my part is I'm, I'm guessing that MTH still has their, rail king tooling and again that's pure speculation on me that's not i'm not saying that they do or don't honestly i'm really hoping that they do because i i don't want to miss the chance for people to get their hands on subways from new york subways from chicago obviously those are the two big subways cities around but um you know it's just a you know it's just a fantastic product i I love their their subway product and uh, i definitely don't want to go the way of other tooling that just you just you know kind of vaporizes and you know we never see it again no we we definitely uh want to keep the sub subways going and uh actually in new york uh, i'm sure you may be familiar but the brightliners kind of had that farewell tour and it, it was huge for new york and the amount of people just uh you know rail fanning and taking pictures and Going to uh, the the events, it, it was it was really nice to see. And during Christmas time, there's always uh, you know subway events and everything for Christmas. So it, subways are a great part of trains. And even in Chicago, I, I I'm pretty sure on YouTube I saw a video of 
uh, a lighted Christmas subway train in Chicago. Am, am I correct in saying that? Yes. Yeah. We we actually have we do have uh, themed Christmas uh, CTA trains that move around during the uh, the holiday season. That's awesome. Yeah, I wish I wish that would be remade in O scale. Finger, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> I, I got to uh, uh, take a look at that YouTube video again <laughs> and, and call up Mike Wolf. <laughs> okay. Well, Matt, I don't know if you had anything else, but um, I can pass. go ahead and pass the mic over to Johnny. Yeah, no. Uh, Johnny can go ahead. I'm good. God, you guys can go on forever about subways, can't you? <laughs> yes, we can, unfortunately. <laughs> I'll just sit here all by myself with all my daylights and GSs and just cry. No. Um but, uh, Ken, it's really awesome to have you on. So I have a couple questions. I'll start more broad, and then I'll get into the aspects of, like, the hobby in general. But for you, in terms of trains and models specifically, what aspects about model trains bring that twinkle to your eye? What, what does that for you? What brings you that excitement? I think the new product, uh, new features – is exciting for anyone and exciting for you guys, exciting for me. Uh, this past year, Bachman's uh, Amtrak Charger was really exciting. We did a, a whole event just about Amtrak product with their, their new paint schemes. And I just feel like when there's, you know, real trains out there and new molds, new products, it's just really exciting to be in the hobby. You know, everybody wants to get that first new tool, uh, tooling or first new model or first new paint scheme. And, and there's a real excitement to just be the first one who tests it. And even for podcasters now, you know, I'm sure when you guys get new products, you want to talk about it, feature it and the same thing on YouTube. So there's so much synergy across all these different social media platforms and internets and forums now that about these new products that it's just really exciting to be a part of it and for for me on the the business side it's also exciting as well because i, I want to make sure we have enough stock and if you know one place is sold out i want to buy it from the next place and the next place and i want to be the only store that's able to have these units <laughs> so <laughs> I, I i get really excited and it, it's for me the business side is kind of like it's the stock market of trains. I, I don't know. That's the way I look at it. But, you know, when you have these new items come out, you, you want to buy it and you want to buy it all and you want to make sure you have it. So I, I don't know. I just find it just exciting in general. I, I love what I do. I truly do. That's that's amazing. And I can I can definitely agree with you on the excitement when it comes to new products, new new lines and new tooling that have been coming out. I mean, uh, as as Matt mentioned earlier with our Discord server, the buzz and excitement that was in the air for the release date of the catalog. There was a countdown. People were making guesses. It was it was ecstatic. And going back to like Amtrak, for example, this year, if you are an Amtrak person, this is the year for you. You can get Amtrak anything at this point p42s horizons am fleets chargers xyz if you want to get into amtrak now was definitely the time to do it so that is that is awesome um going on to my my next question here and this is going to be something I've, I've always been curious with our guests is for you 
one, do you, do you take trains home? Do you have your own collection at home, uh, your own layout and your own collection? And if you do, what consists or what sets are the ones you, your go-to, like you come home from work and you want to run trains. What's, what's the set you put on the layout for you personally that always makes you happy? So I don't have a train layout anymore. I used to when I was young at my parents' house um, in New York. There's not much space uh, for for train rooms, and uh, fortunately for me, uh, I actually I work seven days a week, all during the winter, fall, and uh, most of the spring, six days a week, uh, if not seven. So trains is uh, every single day for me. So. I, I don't come home and uh, play with uh, trains or run trains or have any consist. And but we do have collection pieces. Um, and my father, my grandfather, we, we've always been big on like displaying trains and uh, certain trains that either you know is just nostalgic and certain pieces that are uh, you know collectible. So it's. Um, you know, Lionel was very, very nice and, uh, you know, gracious when I got married. They they actually custom made a, a train uh, and it was a, a wedding themed train. And, um, you know, for that, they, it meant a lot for me where out of the blue, they just sent me this, you know, uh, awesome Lion Chief engine and it just custom wording and congratulating me on my marriage and everything. So, it was really neat. So I, I really appreciate that, uh, that they sent that to me. That's, that's very touching. And that's, that's super cool that Lionel did that. I, that I, I can imagine the, the excitement and the, the joy you must've gotten when, when you were presented with that. So that's, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. Yeah. And, uh, my grandfather, he was a huge collector and he had a lot of trains display on his, at his house. And, you know, the, the, Back then, it was tin plate. That was the big collection. Um, you know, the blue comets, the standard gauge, the the state sets. So those were kind of the iconic, uh, you know, pieces that he collected. And then with my father, it was the blue comet set that was filmed in our store. And you know, he he always would have a either um, you know a, a, a Hudson on display. So uh, you know, just trains like those the iconic Lionel trains are really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You can't get, can't get better than that. So yeah, for sure. For sure. Go ahead, Matt. I I think you had something you wanted to say. Yeah. While we're on the topic of it, I'm just, just curious. So you're talking about, you know, how your grandfather had the tin plate stuff. Uh, So like, what's your take on the uh, new Lionel models that are being redone? Like the uh, bipolar state set and the, uh, the S2 set with the tin plate style cars. Uh, what's your take on those, you know, modern equivalents of the old school tin plate models? I think it's great because it kind of, kind of, it's, it's a memory and everybody knows about the, the old trains tin plate. They grew up with it. So being able to have a new one that actually, you know, some, some of it runs or being more affordable, because not everybody could afford a state set that's, you know, thousands of thousands of dollars. So it, it makes it, you know, attainable. So I, I think it's really great. Lionel has, has done that and kept the memories going where, you know, now it's a, a memory of it. And I, I think it's nice for the, 
not even just old timers, but anyone who knows about trains knows about certain, uh, you know, popular sets, the Blue Comet. So just being able to run those on an O-gauge layout now is is fun, it's neat, and, you know, it's something that they always liked but could never really uh, get into maybe tin plate or have tin plate or afford that price point. So it, it's great when there's a crossover like that. For sure, for sure. And that's that's something that's kind of special about the, the current generation of, of young enthusiasts getting back into the hobby. Uh, I've mentioned this when we had Ryan and Eric on, but there's a there's a big demographic of folks like myself or like Matt Z who were we're still young, but we're also around college age where we have the we have the income to finally buy those trains and People around Matt's and mine's age, we grew up watching things such as I Love Toy Trains from TM Books and Videos. And the wonderful aspect about that series, it exposed such a young generation to post-war, to pre-war, to standard gauge. And while we never got the chance to play with those, we grew up watching them on the screen. So to have the option to buy models um, without replicas or inspired off of those models allows us to experience not quite the same, but a similar level of nostalgia to what the older generation who did get to enjoy them uh, got to experience. So it's it's definitely an amazing experience to, to have that be brought back into old scale, reimagined. Well said. Thank you. The next question, and I'm going to go a little bit more more broader here in terms of overall old scale. I'd like to hear your two cents since you're you're in the industry here. So one, I'll start with the smaller one. So folks who are familiar with you guys in your store are most likely familiar with the YouTube channel. And one of the smaller aspects I like to focus on has to be the product showcases where you guys run your O-scale models on the layout. And I think 90% of the time, if you look up a product on YouTube, it's either one of Eric's videos or it's one of you guys, so your guys' videos. So what what led you guys to want to do video showcases on your layout? And also, by extension, what kind of curves do you guys have on that layout? Because I've seen you run some monstrous engines on there as well. Yeah, the <laughs> the curves aren't that big. It's a, a lot of studio magic. We we do our best to, to get it around and make it seem like we're running all these large steamers on it. Um, I think it's uh, maybe even old 54. We get to display it, but we, we wish we had more room to, to run the larger engines. But uh, how it came to be, I guess, is back when, you know, YouTube first started, we noticed that not a lot of people were able to see the, the product itself because they didn't have a local hobby shop or they didn't have a dealer close by. And this is the beginning of online selling. So uh, for online selling, you know, people you're at a disadvantage because there's just a picture where as a retail store, you could go in the store, you could feel it, you could smell it, you could see the smoke, you could hear it, you could uh, feel the door, doors rattle when you you blow that whistle. <laughs> so it, it's a total different experience. And I, we were kind of thinking, and, you know, how can we give that experience to the person buying online? And none of the manufacturers were really doing this at the time. And you did have a couple of YouTubers out there, you know, uh, you know, just scratching the surface on it. But 
you know, for us, it was important because we had to sell this product. So instead of waiting for the manufacturers to kind of, you know, invest that, I just started with my iPhone and uh, just took a video and saw what it did. And we, we put it on an email and we noticed that, you know, the sales were a lot more because of that product video. You could actually see it. You could hear it. You could see the smoke um, and you could see the excitement for it. So it, it started off really elementary level <laughs> with, with a <laughs> cell phone. And I, quite honestly, I, I don't like public speaking. I, I wasn't really a fan of it. And I really didn't want to be on the video, but I felt like it kind of needed to have someone talk about it. And uh, especially in the beginning, because YouTube videos weren't big or popular for the train industry. So I, I wanted to talk about the specials and the deals that we were having at that time. And I think it some of the first videos were like the Williams train specials that we were having. And I think at this time we were selling Williams diesel engines for like a hundred bucks. And it was like, it was crazy because we bought hundreds of these locomotives and we, we had to move them. And I knew the price point was right, but just by having these little, you know, cell phone videos up on YouTube, we it helped sell through and it was just incredible and every year we we got a little bit better we upgraded the camera and you know the same thing with all these influencers out there they're kind of doing the same thing you learn as you go so now we have better video we have better lighting and now we have a, a train works layout that's you know huge and beautiful and you know we we we're fortunate that uh, the guys at Trainworks, you know, built it for us because uh, I think it really enhances the video quality. And so, uh, you know, I, I really like how our videos come out now. But, you know, like you said, Eric Siegel, he's got great videos out there. And um, so now being a train fan, you could really see the product before you, you decide. So it's it's great. Great time to be a, a train hobbyist. But yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. It's it's really important to have that video aspect, especially in, in this day and age. Um, there have been times where the Mats and I have been sitting and we've been talking or um, just in the Discord server with, with some folks. And being able to see and hear the model can make or break someone's impression on it. Uh, I and, and the others are very big big sound guys. If the engine doesn't sound right, we may not be interested. But if it has a great sound set, it looks good, it runs well, it has great features, that that can almost be an instant sell. There's times where one of us will post a video in the voice channel and we'll all we'll we'll initially all be like, oh that's a cool engine. Then we'll watch it and we'll hear it. And then it's we're all like we go from that's a cool engine to we all need to have this in our collections now. Where can we find one? So the importance of having that is is it's it's invaluable at this point yeah and let's be honest trains you know are uh while some are affordable some are expensive and before making that purchase you want to make sure that you're buying something you really want and uh like you said with the sounds sounds are important to some people and also paints you know sometimes the paints of a manufacturer they they don't get it right sometimes or it could be a different color variation that you thought it was or looked in the picture so you you're able to verify it now 
So it's just, um, I think it's a really great tool, any, um, any store. And for us, it's, it's really important. And, you know, a lot of people out there that are into model trains don't have the comfort of going to a local train shop or maybe a club anymore. So these podcasts, these uh, videos, YouTube uh, or forums are really important for them to get that information. And now Discord, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so I had, I had a question on the video topic. And first of all, uh, like what Johnny said, I love your guys' videos. They really, they're a great resource to, like he said, be able to kind of know what you're buying before you buy it. And I think that that's, it's really nice to know that, you know, it's not like, oh, I see this on Train World and I want to, you know, put my card in and buy it. You know, it's like, well, what am I getting? And, oh, I could just go online or, you know, YouTube it or whatever and be like, here's a video. Let's see what let's see what it's all about. Then it'll either, you know, it'll say like, you know, I want to buy this and it'll make me all that more excited for it. And I think that's huge. And I really think that that's something that really should be noted. No, without a doubt. And I, I think it's great for the hobby altogether. And uh, the manufacturers now are also doing a great job. And it, it took a while. I feel like the train industry is kind of a little behind other <laughs> industries. But I think all in all, we're all getting to a great point. And now I think everybody's kind of jumping on the bandwagon and really seeing that it is important for people to see what the train looks like, sounds like, uh, smokes like, uh, and all that stuff. So it, it's it's really great. Uh, one more question on the uh, video part was the live streams and more importantly the virtual York. How did how did that all come about? I was curious on the backstory with that. So the live streams, I'm not sure. Uh, well, I, I guess it, it started with just being a Facebook Live. And um, we do a lot of uh, retail events at Trainland. And uh, we did it just for our local customers year after year after year. So one year when I guess Facebook Live started coming out, I said to the manufacturers, would you be comfortable of going live to talk about your product? And um, we did it for one of our in-store events where it was probably either MTH or uh, Lionel at that time. And, you know, a lot of people were watching and, and seeing what the manufacturer brought. And for me, it was really important because, you know, a, a lot of people don't have a, a large train shop or a train shop that's nearby. So... It, it's important for me, for people all around the world to see what our train store is and to see what the products look like and to see what's new, how we host our events. So it, it was really awesome for us to have a chance to bring the customer from Australia or Japan or Texas or Ohio and kind of bring them into our store for that day. So we were kind of some of the first people to have these Facebook Live events. And it kind of just started with Facebook Live. And then when we sent it out on email, people 
uh, we would get comments saying, well, I don't like Facebook or uh, I, I don't trust Facebook. So we, we got a lot of, uh, I guess, slack in the beginning. And then I found a service that, you know, we were able to post them on YouTube. So, you know, it, it kind of spiraled to go bigger and bigger. And then once COVID hit, we were kind of geared up where we've already been doing these live stream events and COVID just kind of amplified the whole virtual event, no matter what industry it was like, okay, you got to go live streaming because retail is closed. And, you know, we had to shut down our, our retail store because of COVID and uh, it was a scary time and we didn't know, you know, if we were going to be able to make it financially or be in business, out of business, it was every any business was just up in the air at that time when it first started. And um, uh, actually, Andy Edelman from MTH uh, had the idea to bring all the manufacturers on at one time, because I think we were talking about just having MTH or, um, you know, uh, just one manufacturer for, for York to, to talk about the segment because it wasn't, you know, going to be, be going on. And I said, you know, Andy, that's a great idea. So I reached out to, you know, all the usual suspects at York and we had a awesome event and, you know, so many people attended and talked about the event. It was just a, a great thing to be a part of and a great time to talk about how great York is, um, you know, York is very important for all the manufacturers and uh, in O scale specifically. So it was nice to kind of have that, you know, virtual layout. And uh, now you guys are doing podcasts about York, which is great. So now I think there's so much information, virtual segments, podcasts out there that it's, it's really great for the consumers out there. And it's a great time for them to have so much information available and you guys did a great job and I heard your enthusiasm and uh, I actually made notes for, for next uh, York to actually meet up with you guys and to try to hopefully do something and hopefully, uh, you know, COVID will uh, lay down, but we'll see. But yeah, that's how it kind of all came up apart. We would, uh, we would love to see, social media boots out there at the next York, at least on the next at the fall York show. Uh, I think that's a really good kind of transition or, you know, just evolving with the, with the model railroading industry. YouTubers, our podcasts, I mean, Matt and I and Johnny would love to have a, have something out there at York, uh, even if it's just a small little booth to just kind of meet and greet people and stuff like that. I, I really think that's, that's really important kind of moving forward. For sure. Yeah, that'd be really, that would be really cool. I, honestly, I, I got chills when you said that, dude. That That's huge. <laughs> and folks were asking for stuff like that, too, while we were at York. The people we were talking with, not 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 just us specifically, but like just in general for a lot of the influencers, you, you want to get a chance to meet them. And social media really is the way to go moving forward. And that's one thing. If I if I had any criticism of York, it would have to be I really wish they would embrace that. I understand the privacy that goes with not being able to film at York. Um, some vendors don't want to have that be on camera, and I completely understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, when you're an O-scale, and like, uh, like all of us have been, you hear about York all the time. You got to go to York. You have to go to York. This is what York's about, blah, X, Y, and Z. 
but hearing the stories and getting to see what it's like is completely different. Like when, when I was there and I, I mentioned this all the time, um, when I was there, I made sure to try to document as much as I can of Matt and mine's trip out there. And that actually became a big point for a lot of folks to actually want to go out to York for themselves. The only regrets I had is I couldn't film anything. So to have the expectation what York is, but having no idea what you're getting yourself into, that that's one one thing I hope that over time um, York can evolve and accommodate for that. So I'm I'm definitely behind the idea of more social media um, promotion at York. Yeah, Johnny, I'll I'll tell you actually a a quick little uh, story um, that's actually pretty wild. So um, you you mentioned about. Uh, not being able to film and kind of a little more of uh, setbacks on that. So when we first started doing YouTube videos at York, we weren't allowed to. And we actually uh, were told that we couldn't. And we, we, we kind of got in trouble for doing these videos. Uh, they didn't want it done in the hall. So uh, we had a setup shop outside. But uh, Mike Wolf from MTH actually came to me and he said, you know what you're doing is great for the hobby. And if they kick me out of York, I don't care because I'm, I want to talk about my product and I want the world to see it. And um, it, it was really great uh, feedback from Mike, just being so supportive and, uh, you know, wanting to take a chance and to, you know, show the product. And, we were talking about York that it is a great show and people should attend. And so we, we set up shop outside <laughs> instead of doing it inside and the wind was blowing and everything. And it was really <laughs> makeshift, uh, just uh, looked like it was a, a backyard set. But I'll, I'll never forget how he, he really stood up and believed in, you know, YouTube and getting the content out there for the public. And he really wanted to talk about his trains. And Mike was really passionate about his company and just a diligent worker. And he would always get back to me right away, respond to me. And he was just an awesome person to work with. Um, and he made excellent trains. So uh, it, it's funny that you mentioned that, Johnny, because I, I know what you're, you're saying exactly, and I went through it, and it's tough. But um, you know, ho hopefully they'll they will see you know the the light that at the end of the road. <laughs> that's that's the hope. That's for sure. And we we appreciate you uh, pioneering the way with uh, with that with you and and, and Mike. We we really appreciate that. So another question I wanted to kind of ask, and this is one that's a little bit different from what we've discussed so far. Um, we know that you guys are very are very family involved, and and a lot of folks in this hobby have that that influence that that relative, that grandfather, father, grandmother, aunt, uncle, mother, whoever that got them into the hobby. But also, I want to kind of bring up the other side. For someone like myself who got into the hobby, who had absolutely nobody prior who got them in. So my question to you, if we take that aspect out, and let's say this is just someone who managed to walk into the store and just so happens to see the trains, what in your mind is the biggest draw for a, non, for a person who's never been in the hobby that gets them hooked? What makes their eyes light up? 
Yeah. So as soon as they walk in the store, they're going to see operating layouts um, and just trains running. And once you see these different modeling scenes, uh, buildings, structures that look real, uh, the trains, the whistles going, the uh, the sounds chugging, the the subways going underneath, you know, the excitement gets gets to you. And whether you're a kid or you're older generation, there's something about trains, movement, um, the excitement, wanting to play with them, run them, uh, just create something. It just takes over you. It's kind of like a inner body experience when you come into our store <laughs> and uh, or outer body experience. But, you know, the, the train works layout that we have in the corner, the kids are able to grab the remotes. They're able to race. Uh, they're able to play with their friends. It, it's, it's really amazing what, what happens when people walk into the store. Um, and pre-COVID, we actually had a Thomas the Tank layout or uh, a train table. And the kids were absolutely glued to the Thomas the Tank play table that the parents couldn't get them out of the store. And, <laughs> and when they tried, they would be crying, upset, kicking, screaming, because they wanted to stay playing with the Thomas the Tank train. So it, it's just an awesome experience once you see trains go in and you're able to actually play with them. And I think that's one thing that kind of separates our layout from other, you know, store displays where you may have it, you know, you're able to look at it, but you can't really, you know, play with them. For us, we have, you know, line chief remotes and they're able to take them down. They're able to go fast, slow, uh, uh, blow the whistle, honk the horn. So um, it, it's really interactive. So I, I think it's a great experience for our Trainland retail store when they're able to uh, have that. So when you're not into trains and you walk into that and you're able to use these trains or see them, you know, it's it adds a different dimension than rather just seeing it behind the showcase or seeing it uh, behind the wall. It, it adds a whole different dimension and it gets you amped up and want to, you know, start with trains and, you know, uh, with our, our center layout that we have in our store, we had G scale, H O, O scale, N scale, all on one layout. So it's really easy. You know, that's our, you know, starting point with the customer that walks in. Okay. What size do you like? Because there's all different options. It's not just O scale. You got N scale, H O, G scale. Um, you know, it depends on, you know, your home setting. Do you have a lot of room? Do you not have a lot of room? How big of a layout can you fit? So people are able to see and visualize N scale. Okay, this is really tiny. Um, or they're able to see G scale. You know, th these are huge. These are gigantic. Can I put this outdoors? And then they see O scale. You know, this is the classic Lionel train starter set that you could get. And they see all the bells, the whistles, the lights. So it, it's really fascinating for people to walk in and really see it. And I, I think it's really important. And uh, so I, I think that's kind of the, the level and excitement they come in and, and into our retail store. That's great. 
that's great. I'm glad you brought that up because it's definitely an aspect because we all, a lot of us are in the hobby and we, we, we think of what it's like to be a, a veteran hobbyist and what we want to see, but it's also important to step back and, and remember what the common, what, what the general public sees and how to make sure we, we appeal to them. Now, I now kind of have to ask you this as well. How, how, how quickly do the cell phones come out when, when, when parents and, and kids see all the layout, see the layout up in action, the trains running around, how quickly do they pull their, their phone camera out and record it? They love taking pictures and uh, taking pictures of their kids playing, enjoying, and uh, now they could even run the trains with their cell phones. <laughs> so it, it's amazing how technology has shifted. But uh, yes, the, the, they they love taking pictures, and it, it's it's a great thing. It's it's a great feel good, wholesome hobby. Um, something that is great for the family or individual, and uh, just a great hobby altogether. And great people in the hobby, including all of you guys on tonight. Well, thank you. And and same goes to you. You've, you've brought uh, quite a lot of great points. You've brought a great charm to the podcast tonight. So so thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I believe you're our, uh, our first hobby shop on the uh, podcast. So uh, you're pioneering that as well. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, it's it's quite amazing that there's model train podcasts. Um, I, I just find it fascinating that the, the hobby is just growing so much. And, you know, your podcast is just revolutionary and it, it's a great thing for the hobby. Uh, it's a great inform, informative tool. It's a great, uh, you know, thing for people to learn about trains. So we, all the manufacturers and dealers, Oh, credit to you guys for being out there and, you know, taking the time to put this together. So, and, you know, I didn't pay you guys to bring me on or pay you guys to do this. I appreciate you guys just doing it for fun and as a hobby. That really uh, is a great thing. Yeah. I mean, our goal with this podcast is just to basically to help people engage with people and help them get started in this hobby because, you know, we want this hobby to succeed and we want it to grow. And people need resources out there to help them, you know, get to a point where they know how to do something specific. When I first got into, or when I, I should say, when I came back to the hobby, you know, I dove right into command control because I'm like, oh, command control, like, okay, this sounds really sweet. And, but I was kind of like blown back by the, technical side of it now i'm a computer guy i'm a technical guy by trade but even just like trying to hook up like a legacy system or an mth system when you when you know when you take it out of the box and you've never seen something like this before i was kind of like okay like am i gonna like blow something up here if i hook up wire wrong like uh i I hope i hope i'm doing this right and uh just having that resources like again like just you know uh, youtube channels and uh, you know, Facebook has become huge. Instagram has been a great source for just just people posting, uh, you know, O scale their 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 layouts or new stuff that they bought. Uh, you know, even real trains they can find all kinds of real trains on like all the big railroads are on Instagram as well. Like you know, like Union Pacific is on there and BNSF, and uh, so that's a really great outlet. But yeah, coming back to our podcast, you know, it's amazing how long podcasts have exist and there not being that many 
even even in, even in model railroading podcast, like even if you look up model railroading podcasts, there isn't that many. Now we kind of like have the the O scale one. Well, I should say not six. Uh, Derek had the had the initial one, but um, I was just totally surprised that there wasn't anybody picking up the reins for that, and that was just a huge driver for us. And you know, we welcome more podcasts as well. Like anybody out there, if you're interested, you know, we welcome all kinds of, uh, you know, any kind of social media. If you can, if you can help your fellow O-Scale moderator roaders, please do because people out there, people out there need the help. Well said. And I, I think you could tell by your podcast and the different episodes, uh, if you pay attention, all three of you guys are just great guys you know, friends and just wanting to learn and talk more about trains. And it, it really speaks volumes to your podcast. And I think that's what the, the draw is. It's not, um, you guys aren't, uh, you know, arguing or uh, doing it as a business. You guys truly enjoy it and your passion shows. So I, I think it's a really great thing you guys are putting together. Again, we don't talk about politics or anything out here or anything, but there's so much negativity in the world right now it's like we don't want our podcast to be like that like we want to be super positive we want to have fun and we want people other people to have fun as as well and that's how we treat this podcast like you know we're, we're not about you know yeah okay we talk about like you know like you said we're like you know maybe a, a paint job that didn't go well or maybe some features that we didn't like in something but you know that's about as far as we go right on this podcast like we, we strive for being positive because people want to turn this on you know, we don't want to raise anybody's, uh, you know, anger level up any, you know, any more than, than it should be. You know, we want people to uh, put a smile on their face and we want people to know that, hey, you know what? This podcast is for everybody, any age group. It's for everyone. And we want to make sure that uh, that people know that. Uh, not to toot our own horn real quick or anything, but, you know, I think that doing this and we've talked about this before, so I'm going to keep this brief. But, you know. I think that doing this has really furthered my enjoyment in the hobby and it's allowed, you know, us to collaborate with people that we wouldn't normally collaborate with. Like, you know, you can train world and, you know, like Lionel and Eric. And it's like, you know, it's huge to know that, you know, we're doing this and we're making other people enjoy the hobby or find something that they didn't know about before. And just having a good old time with it. That's, to me, it just, it's huge. And I love it. I definitely carry this podcast. You know, I'm so great and I've done all this work for you. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, you guys, you guys hit it right on, on the head. This podcast is an amazing resource to have in this hobby. And we, we do this out of a labor of love and for passion for the hobby. We all enjoy talking about trains. And it was something that I've heard from listeners of the podcast is you don't, if you don't have anybody to talk to about trains, um, it's kind of you kind of in your own little world. You want to tell people about this cool stuff or hear about something in the hobby outside of just a YouTube video because uh, those are those are short. So when you have something like the podcast, you can just put it in the background and listen to it. Um, some folks have reached out and said it makes them feel like they have friends in the hobby and it gives them that sense of companionship that this hobby is all about. Um, about sharing and making friends and making those connections. And through the podcast, people have been able to do that, which which makes me so, so happy. I got one thing I have to ask you. Oh, jeez. So there's a movie. <laughs> it's called Midnight Cowboy. He does a little, he does a little thing that I, I, I would, if you could, please. 
Give us an I, authentic New York. <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. I I thought you were actually going to bring it up in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I I I knew where it was going, and I was like, oh, I I guarantee you they're going to bring it up in the beginning. Like, hey, I'm walking here, or uh, a total New York accent in the beginning, and then I was like, I was I was a little let down in the beginning because I was like. Oh, he didn't do the, his normal hello or uh, uh, New York accent on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, but, yeah, uh, authentic. Uh, my cousin Anthony could probably do it better. But, uh, hey, I'm walking over here. <laughs> Classic. I love it, man. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, but this Brooklyn. is the real reason why we did this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. We, we wanted a Ken a soundbite from you, Ken. That was mm-hmm. the only reason, right? That, that's all we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Awesome. Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I had to get that. I was I wondering was when fun. you were going to bring that up, man. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I believe that wraps up this episode of the Matt Matt O'Skill Train Podcast. Uh, we definitely want to thank Ken Bianco Jr. from Train World for obviously giving us, you know, his time coming on the show, talking about trains, which is what we love. And uh, obviously, Ken, you know, we would love to have you on again. With that said, please don't wait for an invite. If there is something you want to talk about, Please feel free to reach out to us and let us know, and uh, you know we'll get we'll get a podcast going on it. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's uh, this was an awesome experience. I'm I'm definitely want to do something with you guys in the future. I, I have an idea. I'll I'll shoot it after uh, we we close. But thank you, honestly, this was awesome, and you could really tell when you're in the room or chat or on a podcast with good people. And I truly believe you guys have a great passion for this hobby and really humble down to earth guys. And I, I really uh, appreciate everything that you guys do. So kudos to you guys and keep up the great work with the podcast. It's just tremendous. It's awesome. Uh, just great job, guys, all around. Thank you so much, man. Thank thanks. you. Big thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, Ken. Now, every guest on our podcast, uh, we want to make sure that people know where to find you. So, uh, Ken, where can people find Train World on uh, on the internets? Yeah, you could go to trainworld.com is our online 24-7 website. We do have a retail store in New York. Or you could find us on social media with Instagram, uh, Facebook, and YouTube, Train World TV. We also have a Pinterest account. So uh, the only thing we don't have, we're not on uh discord like uh these podcasters are tonight but but everything else you'll be able to find us (laughs) fantastic uh johnny where can people find you my friend 
You can find me on YouTube at Audemus. That is A-U-D-A-M-U-S. You can find me there screaming at inanimate objects and getting hit in the face by boxes. And occasionally I'll talk about trains. You can also find me on Instagram at Audemus underscore trains. Feel free to reach out, say hello. I'd love to have a chat with you. And you'll find me posting there a lot more often than I do on my channel. Last but not least, you can find me on Discord uh, on the Matt and Matt Uskill podcast Discord server. I am usually on the voice channel every other night. So if you want to hop on in, have a chat with all three of us or on a possibly a lot more hope to see you guys there matt you can find me on youtube under matt dash train lover 9943 on facebook under the same name and ditto to johnny on the uh discord server and ken i just got to thank you once again this was a ball man i absolutely loved it uh you can find me on youtube at west chicago model railroad i'm on facebook under the same name and i'm also on instagram uh, if you just search up wcmrr you will find me. Uh, So that closes out this episode. Ken, big thanks to you again. And I want to wish everybody a wonderful night. Take good care, everyone. See you, everybody. Thank you, guys. You can find me on YouTube at Audemus. That's A-U-D-A-U-D-A-M-U-S. No, let me do that again. I can't spell my own name. (laughs) (laughs)